All right, Justin. Sing me a song that is a cover song that just misses the fucking point completely of the song it's covering. <laughs> that is the most obscure, like, God, I'm trying to think of a cover song I didn't like. What about... Do you want me? Do you want me to alter it a little bit to maybe give you another chance? Like something that might broaden it yeah. up a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, broaden it up. Let's get a song or think of a song that is of like about a certain thing, but people use it for something that's like I don't know the complete opposite, maybe. I'll let I'll let it broaden up that way. Uh, let's see. Hmm. The funny thing is, is I didn't have a song in mind for the first category I gave you. I do have one for the second one, though. I'm trying to think an item that somebody that people use. What are songs about items? I'm trying to think of what would be something funny for this. I don't know. I don't, uh, what about, um, oh my God, what's her name? Rihanna. Maybe the Umbrella song? Because, you know, an umbrella is for just, what she's talking about is like a metaphoric umbrella. I don't know. Does that work? Man, I'm not tracking I'm at all that. what the fuck you're saying. But also, Justin. Number one rule of the game is you had to sing it and you didn't. I know. I think I'm just going to go with that because <laughs> nothing else comes to mind. Well, no, I'm just saying. I think I'm going to go with that. So let's see. Whoa, whoa. How did the first go again? You can stand under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, eh, 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 under my umbrella, Ella, Ella, eh, 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 eh. There you go. <laughs> wow. You're you're still not going to get any points because I didn't fucking track at all what the fuck you were saying. But good try. <laughs> well, you said an item that people use, but in the no, song, no, a song, it's a not... song that's about one thing, but people use the song in an incorrect way. I have a cover that someone did once that just bothered me a lot. If that's the same. We'll go. We'll 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 see. Uh, so, Justin, you don't get any points. Maybe my explanation of when I tell you what my song is, maybe you'll get it. But Katie, our special guest, Katie, uh, what is your cover that bothers you? Uh, so, Avril Lavigne, like way back in the day, um, in high school years, covered John Lennon's "Imagine," which just bothered me. Did it bother you because of the way she did it? Or did it bother you just because it's a John Lennon song? I think it was just so far away from the, like, I just remember the original, like, being what it was. And then, like, you had, like, this teenager 
sounding person singing it. And I was like, what, why, why are you doing that? Like, that's not a song for you. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that works. So if guests got points, you would get a point, Katie, but we don't keep a running tab on guests. So you don't get a point, <laughs> but you would have, you would have Heather. What about you? I am. I'm trying. I'm trying. So a song that's kind of used in the improper way, basically. That or a bad um, cover. Either or. Or a bad cover. Okay. Um, man. I feel like... Hmm. I am not... I just... The thing is, I know that there's a song that I was thinking of, and I was talking about it not too long ago, that was... It's essentially a breakup song, but people play it as if it's like a love song type of thing. And I can't even remember what it is now. I know I'm not going to get points on this, but I'm just letting you know I tried. (laughs) But I can't think of what it is, so I have nothing for you. Yep. Typical Heather. No (laughs) points. Um, So I did think of a song that fit my first question about the cover. And that'd be The Sound of Silence by Disturbed. The cover of the Simon and uh, Garfunkel oh, okay. song. There's just something weird about a metal band covering the sound of silence. And plus, Disturbed sucks. So, it was a terrible last cover and it really didn't fit <laughs> with what, uh, you know, Simon and Garfunkel did. Uh, the, the, the second interpretation of the question that I asked would be a good example. That would be Red Kingdom. I believe Tech 9. So, it's a song about the Kansas City Chiefs. And how he loves the Kansas City Chiefs because he's from Kansas City. You know, so it's the Red Kingdom. It's like an anthem, like, you know, to get Kansas City Chiefs fans all hyped up. And Republicans use it all the time. as like a weird Republican anthem. And, like, all about Trump. And Tech 9 hates Trump. <laughs> so it just never, they didn't use it in the proper okay. way. So now do, do you get what I'm saying, saying now, now, Justin? Yeah. Okay, I misunderstood. Yeah, I thought you were saying just any song where it's talking about something that's used improperly, but it's used improperly in the song. So I was thinking, well, so that's what, so if you're wondering, why did you sing Umbrella? That's what I was thinking about. Like, because what she was talking about and what an umbrella is actually used for is two different things, but what she was describing in the song is something metaphoric and not necessarily what the tool is used for. So I went a completely different direction for what you were talking about. But now I understand. Yeah, the but fuck anyway. you did. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I went somewhere completely. I went. I was on another planet with that. I mean, not I bad. guess I guess I can track your logic now. <laughs> it's still wrong, but at least I know where your your logic went. So yeah, I totally misunderstood that question, but oh well, all in good fun. Yep, unlike this movie. Here we go. The 
Cinema Slayers. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And uh, if it wasn't spoiled earlier, we do have a special guest because we are doing a sequel to a movie in which she appeared on the first episode of, so we had to bring her back. We have our uh, special guest, Katie, joining us again. Hi, thanks for having me back. So, Katie, the last time you were on, you played the game and you answered the questions. The problem Mm -hmm. is, is since then, we added a fourth unofficial secret question to the game that you have not answered. Therefore, you must now. Uh Uh-oh, okay. And (laughs) this fourth very special, pretty much the most important question that could ever be asked anybody what is your favorite sandwich? Oh gosh. Um, I, and it's hard to find, but I enjoy like a really good Philly cheesesteak. That would probably be my favorite. I just hardly ever get it. <laughs> a Philly cheesesteak. Good choice. It is a good sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is good. That would work. That would work. It's a it's a very specific sandwich. It's a very good style of sandwich. And pretty much being anywhere outside of Philly, you just kind of get a shitty version of it. Even if they are a good shitty version of it, it's still a shitty version. Yeah. I kind of the only time I have them is if like this one particular person that I know makes them. Um and that to me is like the best one that I've had. So I don't trust restaurants for that down here. There's a, there's a place in the Chicagoland area called Mr. Sub and they do a chicken Philly. Well, they, I mean, they do a regular Philly also, but I get their chicken Philly and it's just, it's great because it's insanely dried chicken. And I know that sounds terrible, but it's also covered in onions and cheese on like very toasty garlic bread with butter Mm. and stuff. So it's all greasy. So the chicken gets re-moisturized by the grease. But they also just season the fuck out of it. So while it is dry, it's still very flavorful. And I really love it. Because parts of it are just so overcooked that they're almost burnt end. Like brisket burnt end-esque. Okay. And it's just delightful. That sounds delicious. Because they do it off one of those big like spicks of chicken. Like where they just put a bunch of chicken on each other and they like rotisserie roast it and then yeah. they shave it off that so does like, sound good though i always go but anytime i eat there it's always like nine o'clock at night or later so that shit's been there all day and that's i guess why it's always <laughs> like overcooked it's just so good <laughs> but nope philly cheesesteak that works that's a good one okay good we will we will accept that. Because there are right and wrong answers. <laughs> there are Sterling. very much right and wrong answers to, <laughs> to the sandwich <laughs> question. You, there's, there might not be right or wrong questions to favorite movie, TV show, guilty pleasure, none of that. Definitely right or wrong answers to sandwiches, though. What's been like, the worst answer to the same thing as you? Uh, Alejandro did. Alejandro is the only one that actually got the question right. <laughs> Everyone else has gotten it less wrong. Like a Philly cheesesteak. Mm. That's a good sandwich. 
So that that's just a less wrong answer. <laughs> mm. Sure, sure. Yeah. But I mean, the end all be all will always be a Cuban. It's the best sandwich out there. What's been like the worst answer that you got? Oh, I don't know. Probably whatever Kurt said. Kurt. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I don't even remember what he said. Yeah, because it was probably a forgettable dumb sandwich. (laughs) I feel like most of them, we've been like, okay, that makes sense. I think even somebody said just a PB&J, and that was still fine. A PB&J works for just simplicity. You know, a PB&J is like the perfect sandwich to make it home. Because it's like, you know, that is a home sandwich. But yeah, yeah, probably whatever Kurt said. Agreed. That was the dumbest answer, I bet. I don't remember what it was either. <laughs> but he, 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 you know. That's just going to be my answer. Is that. Also with the good old fashioned fuck Kurt. Because I hadn't said that in a while. <laughs> so. Kurt, if you're out there listening. Uh, fuck you. Aren't you guys ready to talk about this movie? Yes. Let's do it. Let's go. All right. So we will, uh, today on this episode of the Simple Slash Podcast, we will be talking about the brand new Universal, I believe, is the one that made it. I don't know. Um, movie uh, Halloween Kills. It's on uh, theaters and Peacock. If you haven't seen it and want to watch it there, whatever. Um, we will be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with this movie. We will, we will be going spoiler free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler centric section with time goods in the description if you so need to jump around with it in that so starting us off with this uh heather what are your uh spoiler free thoughts about halloween kills oh boy well i mean i have to start off by saying that i was such a huge fan of the 2018 one that came out and I was super excited for this. I was really looking forward to this movie and I've just never been so let down by a movie (laughs) that I was looking forward to. Um, if that tells you anything about how I feel about it, but it's, um, I feel like it just like went backwards in the progression it made in every way in the storytelling, in the acting performances, um, in pretty much almost every way, it just kind of, you know, devolved. So I, I was very disappointed. I feel like they had a lot of pointless things in it. And I feel like they really, and, and it's, and it's pretty well known that this is like a trilogy of new movies, right? So it's already been announced that there's going to be a third one coming out next year. And this is just very clearly a movie that kind of gets you from point A to point B. And there's just no real rhyme or reason for most things that happen. They, they try to make certain things important and meaningful. And they try to bring back a little bit of nostalgia of things and stuff like that. But it just really falls flat. And... They, they, it's kind of the efforts are pointless with it. So everything they tried to do was just really 
not well done. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, and there are some things I did like about it. Um, but for the most part, I just, I'm just so disappointed in just how completely different this movie is from the 2018 Halloween movie because it just it felt like they were starting something fresh and new and they were actually going to get back to making like better Halloween movies and um I can't really say that I'm necessarily like expecting that going forward maybe I'm wrong but I just you know this was not at all what I expected it was going to be in a bad way so and and I love Jamie Lee Curtis and I again everyone knows like I was a huge fan of the the 2018 version and I'm just not on that same page at all with how this one goes um a lot of really terrible decisions are made which is kind of par for the course with slasher films in general but man it just felt like this movie was not at all done by the same people not at all acted by the same people everything was totally different it was a completely different thing um so yeah that's my i don't want to get too much more in because i'm going to get all spoilery with it if i do but yeah that's my my first take of it uh katie what about you i agree with a lot of what heather just said um I do have like my likes and my dislikes that are more specific um, that I'll save. But yeah, I felt like in the 2018 version, there was a very clear goal. Um, It may not have been the best thing, but um, this one, I just felt like it did not, it didn't have that clear goal. I almost felt like there was, they couldn't decide on what they wanted to do with it. And so they threw a whole bunch of stuff in. Um, but yeah, I definite parts that I appreciated um, that I'll get into. But yeah, I was kind of disappointed um, that they didn't utilize this film like they could have. All right, Justin, what about you? I'm I'm just like uh, <laughs> you two ladies, but I was, man, I was just so disappointed in this. I think that that's the word that I just keep landing on is that this was, a, this was a disappointment. This was a missed opportunity. You know what I mean? Like th- this is definitely just going to go in that bin with all of the other sequels that that normally come out with movies where the sequel is just not as good it feels kind of cash grabby kind of now you know first we come out with something and it's ambitious it, it and, and it catches an audience and audiences appreciate it different things like that and then so then you're like oh man we made a ton of money let's make a couple of more And then the second one comes out and it's just nowhere near as inspired. It's just nowhere near uh, the the quality that the first ones that the first one was. And then there are just a lot of decisions that feel like missed opportunities. And even though there were some things in here, I think that this movie has a lot of concepts and ideas, but none of those ideas 
I think really land when you get to the end of this. So there's this feeling that it's just incomplete. And I'm not talking about the obvious incomplete, like, well, there's going to be a part three. So we're going to, because that's going to be the final resolution of this. Not so much that I'm just talking about like ideas and concepts and things that they, that it seems like this movie is about. I just don't feel that it sticks the landing really with anything. And I think it just took a back seat in quality because they decided to position Michael Myers a certain way and do a certain thing with him, which will, of course, get into specifics and everything like that. And I feel like the 2018 Halloween, the movie before this, just did a completely different thing. I think that when the focus was on Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis, um, her and her family and everything like that, I think it was bet the movie was better for that in 2018. Yeah. This one kind of goes the other direction and says, well, we're not going to focus on them. We're going to focus on all these other things. And Michael is going to be Michael and Michael is going to kill Hella. And I mean, sure, if if that, you know, if that's what you signed up for, you just want to see Michael Myers kill, 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 kill and kill a bunch. Uh, you, you will you will be in for a treat because that's pretty much all that happens. But man, like for me, I'm a fan of the original Halloween. I'm a fan of the original. And it was less about a body count and it was more about the suspense and building tension and different things like that this movie completely abandons all of that and, and why and why i liked the 2018 halloween was because it paid homage to a lot of those things from the original halloween movie there was tension it was very creative in how they did kills and different things like that I didn't feel that this movie had any of that. This felt like just a bare bones kind of sequel that just really lacked a lot of substance. So, yeah, man, I definitely agree that this took a few steps back. And ultimately, I just wound up being disappointed overall in this movie. Man, this movie's fucking boring. Like, all it is is killing. And not even in a fun way. Like, there's tons of movies I've watched and liked that's just nothing but a bunch of killing. But, like, one of the things I said very early on when I posted the trailer for this on Cinema Slayers on our Facebook was, I think they gave away every kill in the movie in the trailer. Right. And they fucking did. Like, there's just... I mean, and this should have been the biggest clue that this movie was just going to be murder mayhem because the trailer was just nothing but like 43 kills. So, of course, that's what the fucking movie's going to be. And then, like everyone else has kind of said, it just undoes so much from the, the Halloween from 2018. I wasn't even that high on it because I'm not that high on Halloween movies. So, like, this is just extra bad for me. It's a franchise that I have <laughs> no real connection with. And it's just that much worse. And then at the same time, I'm mind boggled because apparently so many self-confessed 
fucking Halloween fans love this movie? And I just don't understand why. Because I think it's just utterly disrespectful to Halloween fans. I'm not even a Halloween fan. And this movie was utterly disrespectful to me and my time and everything. Like, I don't know what the fuck this movie was or what they wanted to do with it. So many people were talking about how it it, it sets up the third movie perfectly. No. And also, even if you want to argue that it does, why do you have to make a shitty second movie to make a good third one? There are plenty of franchises out there that I think have set up great or like done great setups for a third movie whilst also making a good movie. I mean, off the top of my head, Empire Strikes Back is a great example of doing an amazing second movie that sets up a third movie perfectly without just doing a shitty one that just sacrifices itself to do so. Oddly enough, I think The Last Jedi does the same thing. You can say what you want about the third one, but I think Last Jedi did a great job setting one up. You know, it's possible to do that. You don't have to just accept a shitty movie because you're excited about the third. And there's also some misconceptions about the third movie that I'll clear up later, based on some Facebook posts I've seen. Um, about what they're excited will be, you know, possible in the third movie. I'm just going to give you a short, brief synopsis of that. That's going to be a big no on that one. Because uh, some of the things people are saying are set up can't possibly be set up based on uh, what the writers have said the third movie will be. So, must suck for you guys. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, no, fuck this movie. It sucked. Um, recommendations and scores? Yes. Yeah. Recommendations and score. Uh, Justin, you go first. Man. Man, dude. Like, I mean, can I recommend this as a good film? No, of course I can't. But... I mean, but I mean, it's one of those where if you're in for the trilogy, no. then you got to watch it to connect and get to the third one. I mean, if you're in to watch all three of them, then I mean, you're probably going to watch it. You know, you're going to watch it to set up for what is inevitably the third movie. But I can't in good conscience recommend it as, yes, this is a good movie that you will enjoy. So if you got to see it, you know, watch it the cheapest way possible. I went to the movie theater and saw it and eh, just hit up the peacock, you know, whenever you have time, you don't have to be in a rush. It's not a must see, you know, it's not anything like that. And that's pretty much where I fall on it. And I just want to quickly, before I give a score, just kind of do a mini rant about what I've been hearing people say about this movie because it just bothers me like, well, do you want to do that it, now or do you want to wait for spoilers i'm just wondering how much I you want to say you know do you want to get into like any spoiler details when you do it hmm. i mean you do you boo you 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 hmm. <laughs> you may have convinced me do i want to say more 
or give more details. No, no, I'll just throw this out there. Well, I, right, how, wait, uh, I was going to say, bit. maybe as a compromise, when we get to spoilers, I'll let you start with your rant. Okay. Okay. So fresh okay. after this, spoiler start, your rant will go. Right? Okay. All right. We can that do, that. We can do that. That is a sacrifice for Sterling. It is. I know. But I'm excited like, about yeah, the possibilities here. There's a rant. Yeah, you always, <laughs> you always go first. But um, okay, then I'll just say this. The the film has been very polarizing. You know, there, there are a good, it, it's got a pretty high fan score. Um, critics really dogged this. And, I, and I'm seeing a lot of back and forth online and everything like that and even in my comment section i kind of posted a filler out for this and said what did people think of it and the majority of people said that they enjoyed this and i'm all i'm gonna say is i i disagree i think that for somebody to say they are a fan of this and say that they enjoyed this i feel like those people might be missing the mark of really what makes halloween special and so I can't agree. I can't agree that this is a good Halloween movie because we have seen some that are good and this is not it. So I'll save the rest for the rant. As far as a score, I mean, man, there are there are some things that I liked about it. There are some things that um, I did appreciate about it. There's a couple of nostalgic beats that I did like. So I will at least give it that. So I'll give it something probably right in the middle. We'll go with. Now we're going to go two points under for fans that made me mad about this. So we're going to go 48. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. 48 um, heads getting smashed up against a stair rail. Out of a hundred. Uh, Katie, what about you? Yeah, I feel like Jasmine does. I don't think in good conscience I could recommend this to like other horror lovers. Um, I would say, you know, being a fan of the, of the whole series, like from way back in the day, it, I do feel like it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I have to watch it. Like, even if someone had told me this is horrible, I still would have gone and seen it. Um, yeah, I, so that would be like today, a good example. Someone asked me today, Oh, how was that movie? And I said, it's a slasher movie. Like, that's all I could say. I was like, I'm not, I just, <laughs> it just is one of those. Thing. Um, yeah. So it's, I recommend it if you love the franchise, just so that you can see it and then see the one next year um, in better conscience. I mean, yeah, I don't want to give away spoilers, but rating wise, I would say, yeah, 35 knives out of the drawer that you stab somebody with. Because it was an unnecessary movie, but if you like the franchise, you got to see it. That's the only thing I think keeping me attentive to this particular film. Uh, 
other. What about you? Yeah, I, the only, the only reason I do recommend it is because there are some very specific things that happen in this movie that are going to sort of catapult probably some things that happen in the next one. That's literally the only reason probably to watch this. (laughs) Um, Otherwise, I can't say, yeah, this is a great movie. It's excellent. It's, you know, I I just, I feel the complete opposite about this movie than I did from the 2018 film. Um, But it's one of those where, because they are doing the franchise thing, you you need to know what's, what's happened in this movie, probably to continue to the next one. Maybe not. I mean, you know, there's slasher films, so maybe you don't need to. But it feels like there's a couple of things that happen that you probably need to know what happens uh, before the next film. Um, I do agree with you, Sterling, about how, I, I think it was you, Sterling, somebody had mentioned, like, it's just one of those where you you just, it's just a movie that is a filler movie because it, it just, people want to know what's going to happen in the next one. And that's about it. Um, so it was just a very odd placed movie because they, they wasted so many opportunities that they could have used in this to do, to do better things. Um, I just really appreciated in the, the last one that it just became this really female empowerment, you know, badass women in control type of movie. And I just feel like that wasn't really at all kind of what happened here uh, for the most part. So it just, you know, again, devolved from what it had done and how it kind of salvaged all the other ridiculous sequels that they did to Halloween prior to this. And the whole point of, you know, the 2018 film was let's erase all of that. Let's make this the direct sequel from the 1978 original. And I was like, that's perfect. It's an excellent just sequel to that original movie. And I was like, that was a really good and smart choice. And then that's why I had such high hopes for this one, continuing that like, okay, great. We're going to make this, we're going to turn this franchise into something so good. And yeah, it was just such a letdown. So yeah, the only reason to watch it is because there's some things that happen that you're going to probably need to know for the next movie. Um, they wasted Jamie Lee Curtis in this. They just lots of things that we'll get into, but, um, my score though is going to be, I'm going to give this 40 complete sentences in this movie that use the phrase 40 years ago out of a hundred, because they say that almost every other sentence in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Heather, I actually really agree. I hadn't thought of that, that you, there are some things in this movie that you would need to know going into the last one, but I also feel Mm -hmm. like those things could easily be explained. Like if I started watching the third movie with someone probably in like five minutes, I could say, all right, so here's what you missed from the last one. Now you're good to go. (laughs) That's true. That is actually very true. Um, I don't recommend this movie in any circumstance. Um, <laughs> even 
as a like if you're a diehard completionist and you're like I need to watch every like horror like or Halloween movie out there. Um, just don't watch this one. Just forget it was made. Uh, if you want to know what happens before you know Halloween ends, um, just listen to the spoiler section. I'm sure we'll cover enough, and you don't have to see the movie, and your and your life will be that much better for it. Um, I thought Justin was going in a different direction earlier when he was going to say, you know, like, oh, if you know you're a big fan of this and that, do you like need to watch this movie? I thought he was going to say no, because you don't. Like, I guess there's quote unquote, you know, plot points in this movie, but I think that plot points are like in quotations. Because by saying that there's plot points in this movie would argue that that this movie has a plot and it doesn't. So, you know, all that's kind of loose. I just don't think there's ever a reason to watch this movie. I really wish I hadn't seen it and still did this podcast. I think I could have said it all by watching the trailers. So, no, there's just no fucking point in this movie. And, uh... Yeah, so I don't recommend it in any way, shape, or form. You know, like, if they're hold- somebody's holding a gun to your head and goes, hey, watch Halloween Kills, or I'll murder you. Man, take that bullet. <laughs> just save yourself some time. You know? So just, let's go that route. Because just fuck this movie. I mean, it undoes any good thing that the first one had. And... It takes the franchise to new paths of old shit they've done in this franchise, which is why they rebooted it like 27 times. So, yeah, just don't fucking watch this movie at all. All right, uh, spoilers? I'm ready for this Jaston rant. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go. Go, Justin. All right, and since we're in the spoiler section, I can kind of start it this way. So, there's a point in the movie where, um, where Lori gives this poignant dialogue, or I guess in this case, it'd be a monologue about the curse of Michael Myers. And it was supposed to be this big thing about how, like, you know, the the curse of Michael Myers is the fear that he spreads throughout this town. And it was very, like, it was supposed to be a really just driving point to really just really send this home, send this movie home on what was supposed to be, I guess, a good note and everything like that. And as effective as that monologue might have been, I think I've truly discovered the real curse of Michael Myers. And it is people and fans and filmmakers who continue to think that they can make horror movies that are like this. That's the curse. That's the curse. Because like (laughs) this, because this is so like indicative of just the problem with like slasher movies and stuff like that and why they can't really advance beyond a certain point because we keep accepting movies like this like and i've been hearing so much online and people posting things about because they're trying to 
uh, because there's been a lot of negative reviews and people coming out going, man, I didn't like this and it wasn't anything like the first one. You know, echoing the, a lot of the same things that we've been saying on here in our non-spoiler section. And what I keep hearing a certain sect of the fans say is that, man, th- this was a great movie. Like Michael Myers, he was killing and he was just killing everybody and he killed so many and he killed in so many brutal ways and he took 30 knives out of the cabinet and killed somebody and then he put somebody on a stair rail and then he did this to somebody and he was just killing, 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 killing and it was so bloody and it was so gory and come on, man, this is a slasher movie. If you came into this thinking that it was going to be about substance and the story and and it wasn't going to be about Michael Myers killing, I mean, come on, dude, it's Halloween Kills. What did you expect? And to me, that's the curse because these people, I feel, are completely missing the point of what made Halloween so popular. And and the few good movies that exist in the Halloween series franchise, what makes them good is not the killing. It's not the gratuitous violence or the blood or the gore or any of that. The best Halloween films are the ones that didn't have as much of that. The original Halloween, it wasn't about the blood and the gore. It was about how it made you feel. It was about the the suspense. It was about Michael being in the background and you can see him driving around in this car and the characters don't even know that he's there. All the little psychological mind games, this, that, and the other. And then and when the sequel started coming out, and they got away from those basic con- tension building, less is more concepts. And they started doing all of this crazy stuff with, oh, now my- Michael Myers is supernatural. Now we're just going to kill a whole bunch of people and stuff like that. And it sort of lost his way. This movie feels like it, this almost feels like an addict who kind of got over the worst part of his and his or her addiction and then had a relapse. That's what I feel like this was. Like, just like Heather was saying a moment ago, they decided to retcon this and go, okay, none of those other movies ever happened because they're bad. They're not good. Okay, guys. I, I mean, I, I don't care who you are. Okay. You love all the Michael Myers movies. They're bad. Just stop. They're bad. There was the original Halloween and then Halloween 2 through whatever, you can all lump them together. And yes, yeah, some are better than others. Some people liked H2O. I get it. But they're not as good. They're nowhere near as good as the original. They're not good, okay? They're just not. Not in quality when you look at that original film. So what did they do in 2018? They were like, all right, we're going to retcon all of that stuff. where None of that stuff exists. We're going to start over. And the only one that exists is the first one, the good one. And then we're going to make this movie and it's going to be, we're going to modernize it. And it's going to have this female empowerment. And, you know, we're going to meet Lori's family and we're going to go on this adventure. We're going to have Michael Myers, but we're going to build tension. We're going to have fun with the kills and do cool shots and everything. And at the end, it's going to be this big message about how these women have overcome this trauma of Michael Myers that exists in their family. And it was powerful and it was so good and it was modernized, but it kept paying homage to the original with how it proceeded to do Michael and his killing and everything like that. All of it was there. 
And then this movie felt like a relapse. It felt like it went back to what those sequel movies did, where there's just a whole bunch of killing, not a lot of thought given to plot, and then it just ends. And ultimately, that's what it is. So I hate the sentiment that a true fan would enjoy this. I hate that sentiment because to me, I feel like I'm a true fan and I'm a true fan of what made this a classic in the first place. And I want to see more of that. I don't want to see what made us retcon it. I want to see what made it good. What makes it long lasting? What made it long standing? So no, man, I refuse to be one of these people that says you have to enjoy a movie, a Michael Myers movie like this. Otherwise, you're not a true fan. I totally disagree. And I feel that if you feel that way, you have missed the point. Go back and watch the original and watch this, this Halloween kills. And you tell me like how in the world can those how in the world can you look at that and then look at this and say that yes a fan a person who was a fan of this back here should enjoy this halloween kills movie as it is and i think if you think that you would be totally wrong about that so anyway that's my rant (laughs) (laughs) that was a good rant justin yeah, I just had to get that out. Just, I just had to say that. I just had to get that out. Um, I was building and, in you. And, I could feel it. Yeah, I just had to. Man, a huge weight has been off my shoulders. <laughs> and so that I'm not talking too much, I want to get in specifics of the movie, but I'll let somebody else go and we'll just come back to me. And I'll talk specifically about what I hated about this. But yeah, I just had to get that out, Sterling. So no, <laughs> I guess for some time. Thanks for some space to do that. <laughs> I mean, I get it because that's the same thoughts I had about Mortal Kombat. It's the same thoughts I had about Venom and Venom 2. Like, yeah, it's the same type of thing. Like, how do people that are like, say they're fans, really enjoy this shit? And, like, going through all the Halloween movies and stuff like that, like, it's one of those things where this movie kind of like epitomizes all the bad things that have been done in the Halloween franchise. I mean, when you look at like Halloween four through six and then resurrection and H2O, like which were also reboots, each one of those was a reboot. So like all that shit. And then Halloween and Halloween two, whenever Rob zombie did them and stuff like that, it takes all the worst ideas from all those fucking movies and throws Mm -hmm. them into this. Like Halloween six, which was that's the the curse of Michael Myers. That's the one where he's a cult or with the cult and has to kill his family so that he can I don't know be more culty or whatever the fuck that movie was about again. But like that one has Tommy and what's his name and it just like this movie did. Like you know that movie had you know those characters in it and they brought him back in this one. You know with their goal to take down Michael Myers to stop him. It's the same fucking shit. You know? The whole fucking... Uh, like him becoming a curse. It's They undo everything they did in the first one. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't remember the 2018 Halloween movie that well. I watched it the one time ever. I have zero desire to watch it again. 
But my understanding or my memory of that movie, and I could be completely wrong, but I'm having to base it off my fucking memory. Didn't they, they, they did kind of more humanize him in that movie. He wasn't necessarily a curse. Now, he was more or less unstoppable in that kind of force of will, like, you know, mentality of that nonstop destruction. But Correct. They got rid of the, the supernaturalness of him again, which is nice, because it was weird yeah. when they brought that in. And then this movie fucking undoes it real quick. Like, yeah. especially the end of this movie is just a big fuck you to 2018 Halloween. Well, then that's if you get past the fuck yous to Lori Stroud and her daughter and her, you know, granddaughter that were all super empowered in the right. first movie and just fucking bystanders for most of this movie. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fucking tragic that they did all that. And then on top of that, oh, fuck. I got sidetracked. I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, man. There's still more things I can talk about. I'll get to it. Uh, but with this movie, it, it just, I get what they wanted to do with it. They wanted to add to that level of what Michael Myers and the idea of Michael Myers would do to a town. Oh, fuck, sorry. I remembered what I was going to say. In Halloween 2018, and correct me if I'm wrong, don't they make it abundantly clear that Michael Myers is just one set wanting to fucking kill Laurie Stroud? Like, that's all he wants to fucking do? Yeah, they. I'm pretty sure that they said something about, like, his power and drive and motivation was all tied up in Laurie Stroud. And this one yeah. totally went yeah. against that. Yeah. yeah, I just watched it earlier today, actually, and yeah, correct. They they made it seem like they are one, and the other. They both need each other, really, and yeah, that's what it was about. Yeah, so they did all that, and then in this movie, they go, "It's not about her." He wants to go stare out his window. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fucking great. In a nutshell, that's what this movie was. <laughs> but then, even then. The reasoning why he wants to look out the window when they're like, I don't think he's actually looking at the town. He's looking at his reflection. Aren't there fucking mirrors for that? There are things <laughs> that are designed to be used to look at your own reflection. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I mean, pretty bad. Don't get me wrong. If you're out and about and you need a mirror real quick and you don't have one, a window kind of works, like in a very <laughs> shitty way. You know, like you get the most vaguest of resemblances. You can't do, you know, no fine tuning in a mirror. But, you know, like with my beard, if I'm walking down the street and I see in a, in a window that my beard's going a little crazy, you know, it's a good little quick fixer. That's, that's all it's for. You know what I'm never going to do? Pontificate upon my inner self staring at a window. <laughs> Like, is that not one of the most basic tropes of movies? If you want to do that, if you want to have inner reflection, you stare at a mirror. That's movie making 101. That's life 101. What the fuck am I saying? That's life 101. If you want a reflection, you look at a fucking mirror. And he walks. And why is it his sister's window? 
Why is his sister's window the one that's so important to him? If that's what he's doing is staring at himself. Just, wouldn't any old window do at that point? (laughs) I mean, just, what the fuck was that reasoning? Like, was that all to just set up him fucking coming and killing the daughter? Which, alright, let's get to that too, because that's where I was actually going with whenever I, you know, went to try to figure out stuff. They do that whole fucking mob scene and they beat him down. And then she just stabs him in the, like, shoulder blade. And they're like, yep, this is done. If you're Lori Stroud's fucking daughter, wouldn't you then go grab an axe and fucking cut that guy's head off? Yep. Exactly. I didn't didn't know why more people, I was like, get that pitchfork back and do something. But like, no one was really going for his head during that little mob scene. I was like, so no one thought to like get a axe and like chop his head off. Like, right. We're just stabbing him in the shoulder somehow. His legs. Yeah. I was like, why are you, it almost felt this movie almost felt like in contrast from the 2018 one, it felt like one of those movies, you know, where they had to like change directors in the middle of it. Right. They lost the train of what the previous director wanted that just i don't get it which is sad because isn't it the same director it's the same fucking everybody same director same writers same everybody that's what i'm so confused about the same team that wrote the 2018 one looked at their story and went man that was great let's just fuck it all up in the second one (laughs) right like, this wasn't a Star Wars situation where they had, like, a different writer every movie. There was no cohesiveness. It was just a mess. This is the same damn people. And they just went... Yep. Nah, we, we're not even gonna remember the first movie. No one else will. Let's just fucking do whatever we want. Like, it's like they took the scripts of Halloween 2... Through six, Resurrection, H2O, and the Rob Zombie ones, and they put them through a shredder. And then they took all those shreddings and they just took a piece of paper and put glue on it and then threw the shredded scripts at the the, the paper. And that's how they wrote this one. Because it's just a hodgepodge of fucking things from the other movies. And like I said, none of the good things from the other movies. It's just a fucking horrible mess. And so they undo all these things. I'm not even that big of a fan of the Halloween franchise. I wasn't necessarily that high on the first one. But then they take it and then they fuck that up. Some of the only good things I like about Halloween 2018. They went, nah, those don't matter now. And and with this movie too, they fucked up so bad by relying so much on the original Halloween and the 2018 Halloween to make sure you got through this story. So much so that they fucking had flashbacks to that shit. Like, to the... the 19, when did 1976 when the first one came out? Whenever the fuck that one went? Like yeah, they, 78. They recreate yeah, scenes from that to do this, you know? Yeah. And this is one problem I kind of have with movies that are sequels that are like directly after sequels 
like this movie what starts 30 seconds after the last one ends but it's been what three years since the last one came out in real life you're asking your audience a lot to have to more or less go watch the other one right before they watch this to re-get in the same emotional mind state from the first one. Which mm-hmm. I guess makes sense because they fuck it all up. So maybe they didn't want you to really remember that much about it. <laughs> but like the cop that like, you know, that they save at the beginning of this movie. I forgot that that was a thing. I forgot that the granddaughter had a boyfriend because apparently that matters in this movie. There was so much shit from that movie that I forgot. And sometimes, you know, they flash back to it, whatever. But I'm like, they really want you to rely on knowing that fucking movie so well, though. It's just, it felt so awkward. I think a good example of another movie that follows this kind of bad, like, feeling when it comes to this is uh, something that Heather and, or part of the franchise that Heather and Justin talked about last week with uh, the Bond franchise, with Quantum of Solace. Quantum of Solace starts like right after Casino Royale ends. And the only way that I think Quantum of Solace really truly works as a movie is if you watch it right after watching Casino Royale. If you watch that as one long ass fucking movie, it actually works very well because you stay in the same emotional space you need to be for Quantum of Solace to work. But just like this movie, it came out years later. So it doesn't work. It feels very incomplete in that way. But like I said, so much of this movie already feels incomplete. Like this movie had no fucking clue what it actually wanted to do. They know how they want to end this trilogy. But they give zero fucks about how they get there, honestly. They just went, hey, how would be some cool ways to kill some people? And all it really is is stabbing people. I don't, they're not even inventive with that shit. All he does is kind of stab people. That's his trait. You can't really get just with different objects. Exactly. (laughs) All he does is stab with different stabby things. This is why I wore earrings tonight for this that are just knives. Because that's the theme of this movie. (laughs) In character, yes. Love it. (laughs) I mean,. A movie that this would have been better named is if they stole the Stab franchise, which is in the Scream franchise, as the telling of Scream. <laughs> That's what this movie is. Stab. Just stabby stab shit. So and like, I, it's just... And to add to that, what upset me so much about the stabbing and 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 the killing and the killing is that like... How come they didn't have any fun with these kills? Like, like in the in the 2018 one, man, there was so much cool stuff. Like that tracking shot where we were in a house and then we were outside the house and we saw Michael walk around and then there's somebody in the house yep. doing something and he walks up behind him and stabs him. Or sometimes in the 2018, they wouldn't show you the killing; you would just see the aftermath of a. Somebody bent up like a pretzel or slashed all up. And then it just captures your imagination like, damn, that guy had a bad night. You know, like, you know, they Mm -hmm. they wouldn't always 
just show you what was happening. Sometimes he would be approaching and you would see him behind a character and you know that character is dead, but you didn't get to see him kill that character. Then maybe three or four scenes later, that character is somewhere hanging somewhere and you're like, oh, damn. So that's what he did to that character. They didn't they hardly did any of that in this movie. It was just, he walks up, you know, is he behind the corner? He's not there. Oh, no, he's behind me. I'm dead. Or he would just walk up stabbing. And none of it felt creative. None of it felt ambitious. Of course, Michael Myers is supposed to kill people. But where's the style? Where's the creativity? Like, where's the ambition? You know, that was the worst thing about it. it, it and, and so then you just got numb to it. It was like, okay, he's killed this person. All right, he's killing that person. Okay, he's killing this person. Okay, he's killing that person. And I mean, some of it was brutal, you know. Who was it? Big John or Little John who he popped his eyes out and then... Oh, my gosh. um, And then, like, the boyfriend or whatever. Boy, the boyfriend... (laughs) Yeah, the granddaughter's boyfriend. She got it. He got it bad, man. He got it bad. I mean, he got bashed all up into the steps and then his head got turned the other direction i mean there was some brutality but there was no style to it that was the only creative kill honestly in the whole thing yeah see was was that one see and this is why i will always be a jason fan over a michael fan they get creative as fuck in some jason movies i mean you look at Friday the 13th, 3, or 3D as it originally was. Man, when he harpooned somebody's eyeball, and they track the harpoon, oh, that's fucking fantastic. Or, let's go, Jason takes Manhattan. When he knocks a boxer's head off with his bare fist, fucking cinematic greatness. Uh, let's go, Freddy versus Jason. With uh, When he kills the, the guy from the couple right after they have sex, but when he stabs the man through the bed with the machete... And then folds the bed in half with the man inside of it. Fucking cinematic glory right there. Or whatever he, then they homage it also in Jason X with this, with whatever he takes the, the woman and he like has her in the sleeping bag and just starts beating her against a fucking uh, tree with it. Oh like, yeah. It's fucking glorious. Like this is where I think people are getting fucked up when they're like, oh, well, what do you expect from a, a Halloween movie? It's a slasher film. Justin's right. Traditionally, the Halloween films were not slasher films, as you would think a slasher film would be. It's like they confuse it with Jason. Jason's always been the, I fucking get body counts guy. That's the Jason fucking thing. And that's why I can accept a movie of just mindless fucking murder. It's because I am a Jason fan. I do like the Friday the 13th movies. But like I said... I get creativity with my fucking kills in those movies. Plus, you already have the inherent conceit that he is supernatural by nature. So you don't have that, is he this, is it that? You don't have to worry about that wishy-washy bullshit with it. Jason is supernatural. You just accept it, and he murders the fuck out of some people. It's a great fucking time. That's the problem with the Halloween franchises. Is they've bounced back and forth 90 fucking times on what's what, this is this, this is that. And it's just a fucking mess. And then it doesn't get any better with this movie. This movie, I argue, makes it worse. But like, I don't know. If I was sitting there and I was in a vigilante group that was stopping this person that we is a known murderer, we know there's not going to be anything. 
man, I'd be cutting that guy up so much. I'd be like, I'd even get down to like, I'd yep. cut his fingertips off at the knuckles. And just to be extra safe, I'd take clippers and cut off his fingernails just to be safe. I'd be just every single joint dismemberment. Like, why did they stop with the single stab? You saw this guy take four gunshots and keep swinging. And you just think, stab, he's done? And like I said, you're Lori Stroud's daughter. And you think that is an acceptable finish. Like, (laughs) what the fuck was this? And, no, no, I'm going to wait on this because... Yeah, I, I want to let you guys go first before I continue on. Uh, uh, Katie, what about you? What are some spoilery thoughts you had with this movie? Yeah, so, I mean, this might be a good time, I guess, to do my likes and dislikes. Um, what Something I really enjoyed was the score, which, you know, I... I love that they didn't try to change that up too much um, because I think we've already covered yeah. the fact. I really wish they would have stuck to to the original. Vi- uh, but yeah, even like the title sequence. I love that that was the exact same with the music because as soon as they were doing that intro of that kid walking through the park and seeing the cop injured, um, but when that title sequence came in, I was like, oh, like it's just so captivating. I was so excited. I had high hopes. Um, something that I appreciated was that they did do a couple of those callbacks to the 2018 film because just like you said, Sterling, I was like, am I just supposed to remember all of that? Because you're doing this as in like, oh, this just happened 20 minutes ago and I'm supposed to jump right back into it. Um, So I like that they did a couple of those callbacks Mm because I was not expecting to have to watch the previous movie again. And that's something I have high hopes for, I guess, with the last one is that they're, they're going to be shooting it in present day so that it's set in 2022. Um, And I'm not going to have to remember all that. Um, I honestly think the last thing that I appreciated was that, you know, Donald Pleasant, uh, Pleasant, who played Dr. Loomis, you know, in all the original movies, um, died before this one, you know, before 2018 or this one were ever made and they were able to edit him into the film, this one, um, which again, I'm like, that's just a nice callback for those of us who are a fan of the franchise And what I really appreciate, because I looked up, I was like, how did they do that? And they did all of that with no CGI. They got an actor and did like prosthetic makeup um, to put him in a couple scenes. Yeah, from like 1978 to make it seem more like, yeah, this was really what was happening at the time. Um, And I was like, cool. So y'all put in work there, (laughs) despite not putting work in everywhere else that's the only place (laughs) exactly um but yeah i'm i I thought they just i almost got confused with all the flashbacks to 1978 i was like are we in 78 2018 or now like it just i felt like i needed like 
God forbid, but I was like, I feel like I almost need like 30 minutes added to this movie to fit in everything that they're trying to fit in. Not that I would want that either, but, Mm. um, and yeah, just like Justin, you were saying, I mean, I love blood spatter and gore and kill it. Like, I mean, as much as the next person, I love horror movies. I just, uh, I really wish that this new trilogy was sticking to the original, um, because the original concept that John Carpenter had was like, I don't want any blood and gore. I want this to solely stand on its own as just scaring the audience and making sure that they are experiencing the movie instead of just watching it happen. And exactly. now exactly. Yeah. And that was his vision. And I think why that's not being done in movies as much anymore is because it's, I mean, it's lazy. I, I don't know if we've done everything that we can do to scare people, but like this ain't it. I, I wish there were more, um, cause that's definitely harder to write. If they were looking at this script and saying, how can we really frighten people and not do the gore piece? Because I just feel like that's such a cop out at this point. We are all desensitized to it. Um, and if you're not just like, I think it was Justin who said that, like, even if you're not desensitized to horror or killing or like whatever in movies within the first 10 minutes of this movie, you're like, okay, so I know what this is. Um, and there's no frightening element here. The, the only like little tiny scene that I saw some of John Carpenter's vision come out was that older couple who was playing with that drone in their own house. And the drone like goes into that bathroom and then the drone gets thrown back out at them. That was the only time that I felt that fear feeling of that would really freak me out. (laughs) If Mm -hmm. someone was around the corner and they threw something at me like very innocently like that. And then I know someone's in my house that little scene i was like oh where's more of that <laughs> where's more of like something happening in the shadows and y'all writing and finding little situations like that to capitalize on and then all yeah. the rest of it is just like stab 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 gore you know and like y'all were saying it's not even these weren't even um inventive kills Um, so it just felt extremely lazy to me, except for that one shining moment that I was like, yes, give me some of, give me some of that weirdness, um, where I'm not seeing everything. Um, yeah, I also, I don't know if this bothered anybody else. This is such a small pet peeve. I was so, to me, it was so cringe. The amount of times (laughs) that evil dies tonight was chanted. I don't know why that really, God. (laughs) It just took me out of that movie. It just took me out of it. about to go another rant in a bit. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't know. That just sounded so campy and like... So cheesy and ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. It felt like, you know, eight-year-olds on the playground chanting something. Like, (laughs) um... Right like they were playing pirates or something i don't know um (laughs) i also to me the whole mob mentality thing was hard to watch because i just got so frustrated where i'm like no one's listening to anyone and Mm -hmm. it didn't do any good like there was no point for all of that but i almost wondered 
then I thought about it in today's terms and I'm like, I'm not sure that that's too far off of what would happen now. Um, about like people like not trusting yeah. law enforcement to take care of something. So like, we're going to vigilante do this, but then the more human beings you get together in one space, like the stupider we get, I feel like, um, yep. which is why people end up trampled or they go after like this escaped, um, was it like an asylum patient? I could not tell exactly what that storyline was. Yeah, he was one of the asylum patients that escaped with Michael whenever the thing overturned. Okay, okay. So that was lost on me. Um, but yeah, I was like, I guess that could happen now. Um, it was just like frustrating that it took up so much of the movie time to me. Um, cause I'm like, Oh, it's just miscommunication after miscommunication. No one's listening. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing. The whole movie just kind of stayed on this runaway train of brute force, um, and almost nothing else. Um, I was, I think the only other feeling that I got from this movie was like a slight sadness when, um, Lori's daughter, is getting killed i'm still i don't know i'm hopeful that maybe there's some surprise in the third movie that she's still there somehow or like survived that um yeah so those were my points about like things that i was like okay i appreciate that you you know put dr loomis back in there in a couple scenes i appreciate the score and the title sequence everything else i was just like i just like i said earlier i mean i feel like you could boil down any important parts of this movie to five minutes or less catch someone up and just go straight into the third one i don't know why this one was even made like i don't feel like it filled in information or plot holes or set us up real well for the last one i i don't know Except maybe explaining, I don't know how y'all's feelings are about this, but maybe explaining why he's so unkillable. I, that was something, but again, they totally went against what they said three years ago. Um, now it's just like, well, he's pure evil and evil can't die. And the more kills he has, the stronger he gets. And he transcends what they kept saying that like every kill he transcends and gets stronger and gets better at what he does um so yeah i was like i wish that storyline would have come into play a long long time ago um yeah those are all my my big thoughts about it no you said some very good things and just to kind of uh i had some comments for just some of the stuff that you said like the whole thing with the mob mentality and everything that you were talking about i mean that's another one of those concepts that i think on paper is a good concept and like you said that is relevant to today we have seen examples of that uh you know we've seen capitol buildings raided and stuff like that so we have seen the the effects of what a mob mentality can do and the dangers of that and i feel like they wanted to kind of put a spotlight on that but 
it just didn't stick the landing. It was like you said, they had all these other concepts. So we got Michael looking in the mirror, reflecting on himself. We've got all these other things happening. And so instead of just trying to have a movie focus on that one idea and let's build and really just make this the idea that the this is going to be the identity of the film, it felt like this movie had split personality disorder like it had several identities and they just kept jumping from one thing to the to another instead of just honing in on that concept and like i I think that that's what they were trying to do with the mob mentality and everything and then the the other um psychiatric ward prisoner who got out and everybody thought that that was michael and everything like that he winds up killing himself like that should have been something There should have been a powerful message in that, but it was just nothing. Instead, we get a camera shot of this guy's brains all over the pavement and it felt just like another throwaway kind of overly graphic kind of we're in a horror, we're watching a horror movie kill and it didn't have to me the emotional weight that it should have had. And because we're following all these other characters that really we don't care about because you got us to care about Lori and her family. I care about them. That's who you built. That's what this movie was about. Why weren't they more along for this journey? You know, if, if, if okay, if Lori's going to be in the hospital, why weren't they part of the mob? Why wasn't the mob affecting them and the way they saw themselves and the way they saw Michael and everything like that? And maybe there was a way that through them, through the through the, the daughter and the granddaughter, through them, maybe. And then when Lori kind of discovers what they went through with this mob, maybe then we could have arrived to this conclusion about something about that and the fact that the actual curse of Michael Myers is the fear that he has is the fear that he has let out over this town. I don't even think you needed the supernatural element. If you got this message about the real curse of Michael Myers is the fear and he turns people into these mob he turned this town into these people into monsters with the fear and the fear that these people are letting their people are letting this fear control them. And they are all, and they are also doing these horrible things. And that's the real curse. It's the fear. I think you could have kept it within that. And you probably didn't even have to go supernatural with it. If you're going to have those concepts, but this movie tried to have all of that. It tried to have the supernatural. It tried to have Michael Myers reflecting in a mirror on himself. It tried to have the whole fear thing and how fear can manipulate you and how fear can manipulate a town. It tried to have all of that stuff and it just wound up sticking the landing on none of it is how I felt. Yeah, exactly. It's a definitely I can definitely see what you mean about having all these ideas and not sticking the landing because I'm like if you're gonna try to make a social commentary about like what's going on in our world today I don't know it it felt like there were yeah a change in directors but maybe like four different directors (laughs) trying to get in on this and none of them could reach a consensus about what they wanted this movie to be um and again, I was like, I just want it to be 
what the franchise started out doing. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't yeah. try to be all like Jordan Peele trying to make a statement <laughs> yeah. here because yeah. no one can do it as well as he does. So, like, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Well, and that's the thing, and that's the thing too, though, is like the simplicity sort of of what they did with this is kind of what was good about it in a way, I think, because I mean, it was suspenseful, like Jastin was talking about, like it was the suspense of it. It was the, you know, let's experience this fear and this terror that they have, but you know, it's it's not it's not all about the the body count kind of thing. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, it, it was just kind of like the simplicity of it and sort of that's what I enjoyed about the 2018 film that it it was a, it was a good story and you know those people that are sort of saying um you know like the people that are just talking about like how oh what did you expect it's you know it's Halloween kills it's of course going to be all the killing and all the stabbing but it's because of the 2018 film that I expected more because they did give you that more background story on Michael Myers and on Lori and her family. And that's right. why you don't expect just the kills going forward. You know what I mean? So it's like that's, they set yeah. themselves up to, for us to expect more. That's what I think. And the simplicity of it's a good horror film that doesn't have to feel like it needs to Jordan peel it up. Like <laughs> It just, yeah. it's a, it's a movie that has a beginning, middle and end and it completes the story and it has very entertaining and suspenseful things that happen in between it. And that's all it needed. And that's what was kind of good about this 2018 one that they did because it followed suit with the original, but they did it in sort of a fresh way, but still keeping the same vibe, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this just kind of was like, okay, we're just going to have him kill him, and then we're going to have these other people, these other characters, and look, they were there in 1978, and look at them now. See, so you like them too, and now we're just going to follow them, and you sideline your characters that you spend so much time building. You sideline them so that we can build these characters I just think that that was just such a mind-blowing decision. Like, okay, you introduced these other characters, but why couldn't at least let the daughter and the granddaughter be there for more of it? You know what I mean? At least, right. you know, let. what about Karen and Allison? Why couldn't they have been more involved with that? You know, they came in kind of towards the 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 bottom of the second act and probably the top of the third act but i think by that time it was too late like i had already spent time with all these people that i didn't care about and meanwhile <laughs> the characters i do care about most of the time they're in a hospital or they're yelling in a hospital or going that's <laughs> not michael or and nobody listened to him like <laughs> katie was talking about like that's what they were doing most of this movie. And I get somebody must have been like, well, we won't have them do much here because the third movie is where it's really going down. But man, it, that just all that did was lessen the quality of this. All it did was just made this feel like a waste of time. 
Like, I don't even feel like you built those characters any better. At least from the first to the second to the third movie, there should be some progression of those characters. Because those are your lead, those are your main characters. What kind of progression did these characters make that our three women make in this film? Other than just one of them got killed and the other one lost a boyfriend. Yeah, they're zero. They devolve in development. Honestly, they really do. And that's that's honestly my biggest problem with the movie is like, you know, like especially Lori, like they sidelined her so much in this movie and it was irritating because she was so precise and so smart about just even if she was obsessed with Michael Myers for 40 years and, you know, was like, I want to prepare my child and my family to be ready in case something happens like she was obsessed with it but it worked and it was a smart thing for them to do it turned out from the 2018 film she was precise she was methodical with everything she did and you could tell even towards the end her daughter was the same way she's like she didn't want to live that life and follow that and be sort of you know caged up all the time and living a secluded life like her mom but she learned from her because she's the one that helped trap Michael Myers at the end. And you just get this moment of like, man, these women are amazing. They're so badass. They're so empowered. They're just like, this is over. We're done with this. We're not dealing with it anymore. And it was such a great moment in that movie. And then in this, none of them really make good decisions whatsoever. And, and that includes Lori. I mean, obviously she can't really do much because she's in a hospital. But... Like, just having her only in the hospital for this entire movie, I was like, what's the point in that? You're wasting Laurie Strode. <laughs> you're wasting Jamie Lee Curtis, who, if you're, if anybody's going to be able to help you figure out how to get him, it's going to be her. And I don't know. I just don't know why they did that. And if the point was to make other people more of, like, the main character at that point, they didn't do a good job of that. Because even the whole, like... <laughs> Everything about the whole hospital scenes and the, yeah, everybody getting crazy and nobody listening. I hated those scenes. <laughs> I thought they were stupid. I thought nothing that came from any of them, you know, and like, I don't know. I just feel like they, I don't know. They, they just really like, they, they were just stupid. <laughs> everybody was just so dumb in that because especially when you think about the asylum patient, right? And like the whole thing about how they're like, that's definitely him. It's like, first of all, what foundation do you have to think that that was him? <laughs> like, I know. And if you are, did that, if did you he are, look like, did he look like a man who could go on a killing spree and right. throw people across rooms and all kinds of stuff? Did that man look like he was Michael Myers? I mean, come on, man. <laughs> right. Well, And, and, he, was and like, he was running away. Like, Michael Myers doesn't run from people. He's not scared of you. It was exactly weird. Yeah. It was a super weird thing. And the fact that like, when has Michael Myers ever not had a mask on? Like, (laughs) you know, it's just like nothing about it should ever have made them just assume that this was him other than just that he was an asylum patient. And the fact that they were so just like, yeah, this is the guy we got to get him. And I'm like, if you have this mob mentality of you want to kill this guy, you better make damn sure that you're trying to kill the right person. <laughs> like, and nobody seemed to care. 
And even a few people who were like, no, 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 that's not him. And if you know it's Lori Strode's daughter telling you it's not him, you probably should listen because she would know. You know what I mean? Like, it was just dumb. Even Tommy, little whatever, um, Anthony Michael Hall, who played Tommy, was just kind of like, that's not him? It's like, okay, you have this vendetta in your heart of like, you know, evil dies tonight, (laughs) or whatever, and you don't even know that that's the person you should be killing. Like, what is that? That's so dumb. It was a terrible setup for it. And it was just such an unnecessary, like, side story. And I didn't understand why they did it. But, I mean, and and just to kind of go off of it, a couple more things, too, that, like, specifically drove me nuts about this movie. I feel like they also really, like, changed up which story and storyline you should be following a lot. Like, with, like, three times they changed it up within the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie. You know, it starts off where it leaves off exactly where the ending of the 2018 film ended and then it goes to this random flashback from the cop and then it goes to um you know Lori's you know friends or the other survivors of Michael Myers and then it goes back to Lori's story so it's just very weird how they I, I don't think that they really like planned it out very well as far as how they wanted to engage you into these stories because they just switched it up so quickly <laughs> even in the first like half hour of this movie, you know? So I thought that was very strange. Um, I mean, and like the, I I don't know. I I just feel like the, also when they do kind of introduce these characters that have, you know, it's kind of the nostalgia aspect of characters who were in the past, who were survivors and all of that. They're at this bar, right? During this talent show in, why does why does little Tommy feel the need to give like this random speech to strangers about how they're all survivors of Michael Myers? It's a talent show. What are you doing? <laughs> like it was just the yeah. weirdest time. You know? <laughs> that kind of threw me it's- too. I feel like this particular movie introduced way too many characters that either I was supposed to remember or that I was supposed to now care about. And I was like, I can't even yeah 2018 you know halloween i think the only characters i remember being introduced to that i was like "Ooh, okay now i care about them was Lori's daughter and granddaughter and i was like okay i can get on board with that it's just two people now i care about them this one i was like wait exactly why why are they at a talent (laughs) show like i don't know it was again i just it, the movie could not decide what it wanted to be, who it wanted to introduce, like what you should be well, caring the about. Fact that they, the fact that they like introduced these or reintroduced these characters that were survivors and whatever. It's like, I mean, you, you introduce them for long enough for what you to just kill them. <laughs> like it, it just, it didn't really yeah. make sense. Like, it's like, Oh yay, That's awesome. Tommy's still alive and he's going to be the one he's out for vengeance. And then just for him to die or any of the other people. And so it was just a very pointless ruse to like, even bring them back. And also why is he in this bar shining a light on them? Like really just like, Hey, bar full of strangers. I hope you know that we were all almost killed. Like, <laughs> just, what is the point of that? I don't know. And it was just very strange. And also the fact that um, the one guy who was a kid who 
you know, Michael Myers didn't actually come after, you know, but he kind of survived it because he saw him and whatever. That that ended up being the the granddaughter's boyfriend's dad. I'm like, okay, and and this is something obviously if you if you don't remember the 2018 movie, then you might not remember that, but like there there was zero mention of like the boyfriend having any sort of connection to the Michael Myers situation at all. Because the whole first movie, it's like the the granddaughter is like, you know, worried about the grandmother and like telling everybody like, oh, you know, she's got this PTSD because of what happened to her. Not once is it mentioned that her boyfriend's dad also had a situation like that. So why like they're introducing that expecting that you're just going to, you know, be glad that they introduced this random storyline just to further this. It's like. You know, and then in this movie, again, like everybody says, every other line, he's like, 40 years ago, my dad survived him. So now we're going to kill him tonight. It's like, I mean, why wasn't this mentioned any other time before this? (laughs) Like the entire first movie, it was never even brought up. So I thought that was very strange. But, you know, they, I don't know why they did that, but it was just, and, and the fact that they go after him alone is dumb. Because it's like, I think that the the daughter was right when she's like, well, they have all the police out looking for him. You think you're the one that's going to get him? Like, <laughs> I think that's true. It's like these high school kids, again, they're just being stupid. The granddaughter should know better at this point, seeing what she's seen. And she just doesn't. And it's just very strange. And I also just don't understand why none of them, all of these traumatized people, of the Michael Myers situation, none of them decided to leave town. Like I would have immediately been like, I'm too traumatized. Why do I still live here? Like it just doesn't make sense that they're all still there. If they're that traumatized by what happened to them, you know, like true. And he's like, this is our town. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's a terrible excuse. You know? <laughs> so I don't know. But, go ahead, Justin. No, I was just going to say, no, those are all great points. And like, just some of the decisions, like, like you're talking about the characters made, like, I mean, like that, like, why would they be in a bar? Why would he just go on this speech and everybody be like, oh, yeah, man, Tommy, yeah, we're just all going to listen to him and follow him. That was, you're right. That was so weird. Or then just even like decisions characters were making, like Big John and Little John, you see that your door is open and there's a bloody handprint on the side of your wall and you know somebody <laughs> is in the house. Why would you just stay in the house? I mean, why would you and you don't have you don't know if this person's armed. He's there's blood, so he either killed someone or he's bleeding. Why not just leave the house and call someone? Or well, why, why would you I I do see a reasonable explanation for that. And it's because you do know that there are kids out on Halloween pranking. And so that right there isn't the most absurd thing that could happen to you on a Halloween night when you know kids are have been pranking you. Yeah. But, this but didn't movie, they think it was a prank at first? Well, didn't they think but that's that what I'm they saying. were being pranked? And then there was a realization of, oh no, there's somebody in here. Well, and, and that's, that's very valid, Justin. Remember he said that. That's very valid. 
you're expecting me to remember too much about this shitty ass movie. Yeah, I'm just saying. Real, yeah, because they made the realization, you know, he was like, Big John, there's somebody in here. And it's not a child, you know. Okay, I remember that line. I remember that whole thing. It's it's not a child. Okay, well, all right, with that logic, yeah, you would think that, yes, they would get out. I'm just saying, like, I could see it. Let me rephrase. I could see what the way they played it out making more sense if they think it was a prank and all this other stuff. If the movie was better, it would work. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's probably well, like true. the sheriff. Why was that sheriff just? Why did he just stay at that? I mean, he didn't have anything to do or coordinate or anything like that. Why was he just at the hospital? Now I get that some of it was they thought Michael Myers was coming to the hospital, but that was such a cop out thing too. Oh, he's coming to this hospital, so that justifies all these people just being here. And then they were like, wait, he's not going here. So now we can have characters leave. I just think that was such a big cop out. And like that sheriff guy, there was nothing else to do to help coordinate with the other cops or anything like that. You just got time to be here yelling at people and nobody listening to you. I didn't understand (laughs) that character either. I just. Right. I didn't understand what these people were doing. Why do all sheriffs have to have cowboy hats? Hottenfield <laughs> is in Illinois. Why the fuck is there a cowboy hat? There's no reason. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, but it also is one of those where, like, a lot of the characters, they don't actually have this... The, their reactions to things are just really dumb in general. And I do think that the the kid who played the boyfriend probably did a better job of like actual reactions you would have to the situation. Like, you know, when he's in the house and he's like scared as hell and you can tell cause he's shaking and he's like on the edge of like crying, but he's like, I don't want to die. Like he probably did a better job of like how you would actually react in those situations, you know, but at the same time it's, you know, like it's not saying much compared to the other performances. You know what I mean? Like, And it's just, it's one of those things where you, you, I don't know, I just, I question every single person's decisions because even when they're they're doing the whole like mob mentality thing and they all have these different weapons to kill them and all that, they're like straight up taking turns. Like, why would you take turns? Like, just everybody pile up, kill them, just kill them dead, everybody just at the same time. Like, suffocate him if you have to. Like, why are you just like, okay, you just went, now I get to go. Like, just use all your weapons (laughs) at the same time against him. Why are you taking turns when it's this crazy, murderous person that you have had a vendetta against for 40 years? As they tell you so many times in that movie. Oddly enough. You know what I mean? I kind of get why they would do that. Because if I'm in a big group of people and we're swinging at one person, and like, I got a baseball bat, I'm going to be hesitant because I don't want to hit someone else. So yeah, I kind of get true. some of those aspects of it. But at the same time, the way they filmed it, though, it looks like a weird fight sequence from a 1960s movies <laughs> where everybody's just standing in a circle, like kind of like doing a Street Fighter intro thing where they're just kind of like 
you know, doing light hops and stuff like that. Like they're in their fighting stance, yeah. ready to go, and just <laughs> you know, it's just it is. It's filmed very weird, you know, with how they yeah. do all that. Because, like I said, they're just incredibly inefficient with the whole thing. Um, but I want to touch on something real quick because Katie brought it up earlier. So there were people on Justin's Facebook talking about how well this one sets up the third movie. One person going as far as saying, oh, they're going to end up doing the hospital scene from uh, Halloween 2 in this one because, you know, she's in the hospital and this and that and all this stuff and how it beautifully set everything up. They're doing the next one. Halloween Ends is supposed to take place in 2022. It's supposed to also come out then, but they haven't started filming yet, so I don't... That's tentative. But it's supposed to take place now. And they're even going to touch on the COVID pandemic and, and all kinds of stuff. So now, this movie that everybody claims sets up the th- third one so well, you're now not going to get a hospital scene because it's four years later. You also didn't have the weird explanation of they thought they killed Michael Myers. They didn't. He shows up, kills Judy Greer in the room right above a bunch of cops. And then now he is going to disappear for four years. Yeah. That's a great fucking setup. Like what fucking kind of sense does any of this make? That was a question I had too, especially if, yeah, if, Judy Greer's character got murdered. I'm like, what? So Lori's just chilling for three years and doesn't do anything because I find that very difficult to believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. it's everything. Where is Michael Myers going for four years? Like, Michael Myers is pure <laughs> evil, but, you know, even he respects government lockdowns during COVID. That's real fucking great. Huh? What kind of sense is this movie right? going to make? Like, well, he's not a monster, Sterling. I mean, come on. He's got to follow the ordinances. <laughs> he's just evil, not a monster. I get it. Like, <laughs> right, but right. it's just... Like, I mean, he follows mask mandates. I'll give him that. But that was a terrible <laughs> fucking joke. Why did I say that? Anyway, but like... like that was not terrible. It was. It's I a like fucking dad joke. Fuck me. I know, but I love puns. <laughs> huh? Well, I mean, he he he, he, he does strictly adhere to wearing a mask. I, that should have been what I said. Is he strictly adheres to wearing a mask? Because you take that mask off him, all he wants is the mask back on. But <laughs> that's true. Like this movie is a poor setup for that, and like that was the plan going into this movie was to have the third one four years later. So it's not like they're having to like retroactively fix shit because of that no 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 that was the original plan so they wrote this garbage fucking ending with that to set up the next one this doesn't set up shit with the exception of you'll get Lori shroud back in a fighting condition at that point you know but there could right. be so many better ways to do that one way to incorporate Lori into this because i forgot she got stabbed at the end of the last one you know was all right, have her coordinating via cell phone, like what to do against Michael. Have her be the tactical person then. You know, something. Yeah. Engage her in some way, shape, or form. Use the wealth of Michael Myers' knowledge that is in her, her skull to do this. But no, they don't fucking do anything like that. And then, so like you want to have something to where 
you know, you, you can set up a reasonable ending to go four years out in the future in the next one. That's a fairly easy fix in this movie. Have Judy Greer get killed at the house before the whole mob taking him down. He kills Judy Greer. The granddaughter then lures him out and like just to try to do something to get him away because she's thinking that maybe if she interrupted, you know, killing her mom, that maybe her mom could survive, you know, and then Michael's chasing her and then the mob just shows up. Don't make it a plan. Just the mob's there and then they do all the shit and then they stab, you know, they do stabby stab on Mike and they think he's dead, you know, so you still have the, the daughter dead. You have the granddaughter alive. You have those aspects still. But then don't have Michael kill everybody. Have them then go to like walk away or something and they turn back around and he's just gone. Disappeared. Nothing. Because that you're already kind of going into a supernatural thing. Have, it, have them all get into a false sense of security, but then also very unease because they're like, but where the fuck is he? They're like, we killed him, yeah. but he's gone. But like, where, like, so you do all that and then you do four years later, he just shows the fuck up again. That makes yeah. infinitely more sense than what they would have set up in this. Also, Sterling, maybe you know the answer to this, but like, was this mob, mob, you know, gang up where they all got killed? Was that supposed to have been, I guess, something before the conversation that the daughter and granddaughter are having? Because how the hell did he get to that house so fast after that to where he was in that? house also guarded by police supposedly how was he already in that house to kill judy greer if he had just killed off this whole mob of people like well, was it supposed to be like just a, to kill judy greer not in real time he doesn't kill any of the other cops he doesn't kill anybody else he just kills judy greer he walks by yeah, 27 people to just kill her um right that would be the logic would dictate that while she's not directly while she's having the conversation but just whenever, you know, when she walks back to the house, while she's walking back to the house, would be logically when Michael goes on his killing spree, they just show it during the dialogue. Would be how yeah. it would line up to the me. The only explanation. <laughs> you know, but then you also have, the, it's Michael Myers, so if they need him to just show up somewhere, they can. That's not completely unheard of with what they do in these types of movies. Where I have an issue with how they utilized him, though, that I didn't bring up earlier. So, when he kills all the people at the playground, right, that are in the car, for one, how dumb was that that she shoots herself in the fucking head part of that? Fuck all that. But, like, (laughs) why do all these people go, man, this guy's on top of the roof with a stabby knife. I'm going to stick myself out the window. Just what what kind of fucking stupidity are these people? (laughs) But like, this woman randomly ends up with a gun, and she can't fucking shoot to save her life. As she walks so close that he can just kick a door into her to cause her to accidentally shoot herself in the head. Just, my (laughs) god, that was dumb. And then, he then directly chases that woman into the, the, the forest, walks across a bridge, and continues to walk away. But then somehow, doubles back stages everybody across the playground in traditional Michael Myers fashion to then go back to his house whilst that woman stays in the same place and people come to save her what the fuck was that I know it's kind of an homage to like what you were saying Jastin where you don't really see the death even though we did you don't see the death but you see the staging 
Mm-hmm. I know it's an homage to that, but dear God, it makes no fucking sense in this movie when they did that. Yeah. Not he at all. Walked away. Why would you walk? Like, he walks like half a mile away. Why would he walk half a mile away and go, fuck, 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 fuck. I forgot to set up the bodies. <laughs> people might think another <laughs> killer's here. I better go back to so people make sure that they know it's Michael Myers. And he goes back to do that. Like, what the fuck was that? It was so fucking dumb. Well, apparently he's been reflecting on himself and everything, so maybe he just had a thought, man. He was like, man, dude, I'm not, I'm just not doing this with enough style right now. You're absolutely right, because when he's walking over that bridge, I bet he looks down into that that water and sees himself. (laughs) What am I doing? What am I doing? What are you doing, Michael? I'm on the miracle You're just getting sloppy. <laughs> You're better than this, Michael. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Come on, little Mike. Big Mike. <laughs> yeah, I love that they still use Big John, Little John in like this real dire situation. I know. Big John. I was so mad. Okay? <laughs> yeah, Big John. I actually thought that, that was kind of sweet. Oh, okay. John, I was about to say, am I the only oh, person who really loved those two characters? Sweet. Like, I could watch a whole movie just of them. Like, I mean, I liked the fact that even in that situation, the actors did a great job. They did. But I'm just saying, in that situation, though, that that is so ingrained in their relationship that they don't know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess maybe that's true. But I was just kind of like, if it were me, I'd be like, John, come on, like I'd be real, like serious about it. Um, one more quick thing I did want to say is I've never like seen such a bad like cop uh, as far as his aim when he shoots. <laughs> He's like so close. Like after in the flashback when the cop is Hawkins, I think is his name. When yeah. he like. You know, he he accidentally shot his partner, but then, you know, when Michael Myers puts him down, and he's literally probably three feet away from him, and he misses him. He misses him as he's walking away and hits the window, and the entire way down the stairs, he completely misses him. I'm like, you are the worst shot I've ever seen. I mean, all you have to do is look at what color Michael Myers' mask is, and you know why he can't hit him. Um Uh-oh. no i wondered about that too in that scene i was like i'm sorry but like i've never even had training on this but everyone knows that you don't shoot at someone right behind another person i was like oh man what a rookie mistake (laughs) well in his defense in that moment he i guess technically is a rookie it's just it still makes no sense though like that whole flashback situation like i don't know it it feels like they're weirdly retconning the first the original movie in a way that just doesn't feel right like i don't really remember that movie it's been i think the last time i watched that halloween was uh, before we did the the last halloween one not the season of the yeah in preparation yeah in preparation for halloween 2018 would be the last time I watched something like that, I think. I just... Oh, man. Like, so much <laughs> of this movie, it's like they have all these ideas of what they want Michael Myers to be, and I get that that could be kind of the allure 
of a character like Michael Myers? Like, is he human? Is he pure evil? Is he a family member that is given the curse of Thorn and has to kill the rest of his family to complete the curse and become, I don't know, a Thorn or whatever the fuck that point was in Curse of Michael Myers? Like, you know, you have all these possibilities with him, and that's what adds to the lore of these slashers is, what are they? How do they do this? Like, what is the, you know, the motivation behind it? And they keep all that vague because it adds to the menace of that character, and I get all that. But this movie wanted all of that to be true in this movie. While never committing to any of it, they wanted him to be a real person. But then they also wanted him to be a curse. But then they also wanted him to be a six-year-old boy. What, like, what, what was that part of it, too? Like, oh, he's just a six-year-old trapped in a, I don't know, how old would he be now? Yeah. 97? Whatever the fuck it is. Like, <laughs> they're like, oh, he's a six-year-old. He'd be like in his 60s. Yeah, he's a six-year-old trapped in a six-year-old's body. Yes, that means unstoppable murder machine. If I ever heard a reason for it, I guess that'd be it. Like, it's just, they wanted all these different things. And yet, they commit to none of them. They don't succeed at any of them. And then, like, one of one of Justin's friends on his Facebook post said, you know, to all the people that say this movie's garbage, if you know the story behind this movie, you wouldn't think that. And then I pressed that person on it and was like, well, what exactly do you mean about this? And they were like, well, all the Halloween movies, even the bad Rob Zombie ones, have a story behind them. And I'm like, isn't that what a fucking film is? Like, they all have a story. They all have, like, a behind the scenes. Like, what did you mean? Like, the story of the film being made? Was there something especially egregious or hard about this movie? Looked it up. If there was, there's no real record of it anywhere. And I'm like, well, that's just behind the scenes. That's what every fucking movie is. Is it the reason the movie was made? Right. Cool. Every movie has that fucking reason. It's called money. But, like, I just, what did she mean by that? And I never got a thing. And I'm, like, really looking at this movie, and I'm really thinking about this movie, and I'm like, what could possibly be the story behind this movie that makes it not garbage all of a sudden? Like, (laughs) what could they say? Well, this movie was made as a dying wish to a cancerous little six-year-old. Sorry, six-year-old, it's still a shitty movie. There's nothing that changes this. But it's also, there's nothing that makes that any different from anything else that's ever been made. But that's, it it shows to what Jasta was talking about earlier, that Stockholmian type of syndrome that these fucking people get in because they feel like they have to like it because they have to call themselves a fan. I'm a Halloween fan. Therefore, I have to like this Halloween movie. No, you don't. You I can mean, go, I'll be the first to because say. Because I'm a fan, yeah. this movie fucking sucks. Right. And to be fair, like, I mean, the first one is fine. Like, I like it fine. I'm not like, oh, that's my favorite, you know, scary movie or anything. It was fine. The 2018 movie is the reason that I was like, yeah, I'm excited for this franchise now. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I was a fan of the reboot they were doing that this is specifically a part of, and I am super disappointed. <laughs> so there's nobody who wanted this to be a great movie more than me, and it just wasn't, and I can't just pretend like it was. <laughs> like, there's just, it's not. It's just not. Yeah, I don't, 
I mean, I'm a Halloween fan, and that's why I was like, I have to go see this movie, but in no way does that mean I have to like it, and I can't like this one. So I don't understand the diehard fans. It's like The Matrix is my favorite movie of all time. I hate the second and third ones. Like, you don't have to be dedicated to a bad movie. It's not like you have to be loyal because... like a baseball team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or either, or and, and especially with this, because like, even if you're just comparing this to the 2018, they're like completely different movies. So how could somebody yeah. get on here and go and argue with the defense of, well, what did you expect? Uh, watch the 2018 one. I expected something like mm-hmm. that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> this was nothing like that. So what do you mean? What did I expect? Why should I have expected something completely different from the quality that I got in 2018? Why would I expect that? Right. It doesn't make any sense to me because people die. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it is. It's like they they kind of set themselves up for failure because they did such a good job with that 2018 movie that you're just you expect even better from there, I guess, in a sense, or at least same quality. But I don't know. <laughs> I just it just wasn't there at all. Which, by the way, speaking of the comments that <laughs> that were on your post, Justin, something I want to mention that that was funny and Katie, I don't think you saw this, but you would appreciate it. Um, Ryan Crow, our friend of the podcast, mentioned that um, there's like a Facebook group for the lady in the mob that had an iron that she brought to kill Michael Myers with. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I did not catch that. <laughs> I didn't either, but after he said that on there, I was like, man, that just even more drives the point home about the quality of this movie. They had somebody right. in that mob with a damn iron. <laughs> uh, you yeah. can't even heat it up. I mean, like, what were you doing? <laughs> I just don't understand why nobody through all of the Michael Myers franchise has tried beheading this man. Like, I, <laughs> right. I don't understand it. Y'all have had him sequestered several different times. I I don't know. But I mean, you have to keep the franchise going, I guess. It's it's a money-making entity, so. But in my head, I'm like, um, just like, who was that earlier? Was it Sterling that said what? Or maybe it was Heather that was like, why don't you just move away from this town? I'm like, that seems like a simple solution. Right. Right. I mean, it's one of those things with this movie that, like, I think that that is a very apropos type of of scene with this movie, with a lady bringing an iron to the fucking, you know, vigilante killing. Like, because they didn't fucking try. She's looking around her house going, Man, I've got knives, all this other shit, but you know what? I'm going to take my arm. <laughs> what was that word? An arm. <laughs> my arm. Take my arm. <laughs> because if you're, 
TikTok in Illinois. Of course she talks like that. No, that's a, that's of a, course she talks like that's that. That's a deep south. Is, well, that's a very Baltimore way of saying it, but it's also like deep south way of saying it. My grandmother used to say that, <laughs> but it's very like big it. in Baltimore. An R. Go watch. Go watch Hairspray with when John Travolta has the mind. The mom. She's like my R. That is the oh, first thing I thought of when you said it that way. <laughs> but like, if you're gonna bring that to a vigilante killing, that's obviously how you say it. <laughs> There's no other way to say it when you're about to kill Michael Myers. No one else uses an, an iron for anything other than ironing, unless they call it an arm. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it sounds like my late grandmother who also said "winda" and "yonder." Yep. Yeah, my aunt says "worsh," like somehow oh, randomly just that. throws a yep. fucking "r" into the word. I can't. And they think it's fucking reasonable. <laughs> yep. Like it's not a fucking "r." There's no "r" <laughs> anywhere near that word. And you're just like, yeah, no, that's reasonable. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. That's even. I've been sipping on vodka while we have this conversation, and that's even more annoying to me at this point. <laughs> yep i had I had a grandmother that did all that too. Worsh and you look fresh, fresh, <laughs> like fresh, <laughs> like f yeah. Instead of fresh, you look fresh, like f r u s h fresh, fresh. <laughs> I got fresh like, muffins. Like she f r u r s h or something fresh. Yeah, fresh. Who who did you say said that, Justin? My grandmother. No offense to your grandmother, but I would never eat some fresh muffins. Those sound scary. <laughs> but they were chewy, though. You would have liked them. I've never <laughs> heard a, a book I've by never the heard a muffin name? described as Cup? chewy ever, <laughs> ever. Fresh, chewy muffins. Fresh, chewy muffin. Oh no. Justin, I think we need to work on something here because do you think a chewy muffin is good? Because <laughs> it does not sound good. Paul Hollywood would not, not appreciate this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> chewy and fresh sound like they go together. Yeah, I mean, you just had to try it. No, no Justin. Bread, like, alright, a dense bread can be chewy, that's fine. A muffin, though? That's like saying, man, that's a chewy cake. Who the fuck wants a chewy cake? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Sterling, it makes so much sense now why Jason thinks he's never had a bad roll in his life. Because <laughs> he thinks chewy muffins are good, so you've had some yeah. shit-ass rolls that you just think they're fine. <laughs> nah, man. Six-year-old me love their muffins. Come on. <laughs> but they're chewy. No, a granola bar should be chewy, not a fucking muffin. Maybe beef. that's what she was going for. I don't know. I'm not a chip. Beef jerky <laughs> should be chewy. I would never want a muffin with the consistency of jerky. I'm severely uh, concerned I'm for you now, Justin. Here. They were yeah, chewy. What's wrong with them being fresh? What's wrong with them being fresh? Because apparently they're chewy. 
that's never something that should be describing a muffin. I know people don't like the word, but a moist muffin is good. You don't want a dry muffin, you want a moist muffin. But you know you don't want a chewy one. I don't want to be sitting there just smacking on a fucking muffin for nine hours because it's so damn chewy. That makes sense. No. I'm about to die right now. What? No, Justin, what makes sense? I just remember. I don't want to chew on a muffin? Or that. I just remember them being kind of chewy. But I liked them. Justin. You had to have been there, Sterling. You had to have been there. Nah, dude, I don't think I had to. Because yeah, uh, you're saying you, the you just need to chewy. make yourself. If you made yourself six years old and went there, you would like them. I know you would. Justin. I know you would like them. When not you were six, you liked oven those types of things. It's a muffin. <laughs> I know if you I'm were listeners. six, you would like it. The listeners might be where Heather and I are at, which is more dirty minded. This is not a good conversation. No, it still applies in that situation. You wouldn't want a chewy muffin in that situation either. There is no situation in the history of ever that a chewy muffin is a good thing. Innuendo or not. That Coke commercial, man. I have to try it first. You know, you need to try it first. No, Chastin, I don't. I don't think you understand. In no universe is a chewy muffin a good thing. Now so much makes sense about you, Chastin. Just so much makes sense. This is why you like pineapple on pizza. You like chewy-ass muffins and pineapple on pizza. Things that just don't go together. I just hey, I stand behind six. the pineapple pizza. <laughs> yeah, I like pineapple, pineapple pizza. Man, fuck all you guys. How do the fuck <laughs> say any of that shit? You, you are outnumbered here. I don't give a fuck. Because I can edit this down to where you all say you hate it. So, yeah. <laughs> I have all the power here. I ain't worried about being outnumbered. Because I'm also the righteous one here. So... You know, if I have to stand here and be the martyr and die the sacred death of standing on the fucking hill of defending that pineapple on pizza is the worst thing to ever happen to humanity, I will die that martyr death. Okay, that is deep. That's a deep, deep fight you're going for there. Thanks for that. And I will come back with the vengeance of Michael Myers at the end of this movie. Mediocre at best. <laughs> Heather, all I can think of with this muffin conversation is for all the listeners who are friends, fans, do you know what I'm going to say when she says that'll teach you to lick my muffin? Oh my gosh. I totally forgot about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. That's all I can think of. I would prefer a pre-licked muffin to a chewy muffin any day. Okay. Do you guys have any more thoughts about this shitty fucking movie? I think I'm all set. Yeah, I'm good. No. We've, we've said all the words. 
Well, and on then that some. note, then. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slurs Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslurs.com. Facebook, where we're Cinema Slurs Podcast, or Twitter and Instagram, where we are Cinema underscore Slayers. You can also check us out on the TikTok at Cinema Slurs Pod. I am 80 plus days now into my five month daily movie challenge. Uh, yeah, so there's, I don't know, however many days left, like 73, 72? Something like that. Days left, so I'm more than halfway there. So check that out. Um, give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. That really help us out. Uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for theme song and logos, respectively. And uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your family's friends, tell your friends' families. Also, most importantly, tell those dear sweet mothers because they definitely want to hear my made for podcast voice. Talk about this movie because, uh, you know, I only have the face for face only TikTok reviews. So it works really well right now. So check all that out. And as I was in the podcast and as I was in my TikToks, just remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Slayer, 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 Slayer. Chew on that crunch. Chew it, muffin. That just makes You're no damn sense. You're still standing by that, huh? That just makes no damn sense. <laughs> I want to hang out with y'all on video now.